You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to Locked On Pirates today on August 30th. We are about to enter the coveted month of September where things are going to change here in Pittsburgh and things are changing drastically pretty much by the day at this point with how Ben Charrington is running things. But as always, on Mondays, we are joined by Mr. Gary Morgan. Gary, how you doing today, man? Oh, man, I'm doing great. Cole Tucker era, yo. Yeah, I know, right? It's like, oh, great. We get to hear about Vanessa Hudgens again on the broadcast about 20 times every day now. Um, But as we talked last week, because I guess this saga had to be a week long, Gregory Polanco last week, of course, placed on waivers. Most people thought he was gone because of just the verbiage of how it was being released. Then they find out, oh, if nobody picks him up, he's just on the team still. Starts in right field, not 24 hours after that happened. Had an interesting week for himself as well, if you actually really look at some of the moments he had in what is now his final week as a Pittsburgh Pirate. But as of yesterday and, well, Saturday, he was actually released now. So, like, that was how uh, Alex Stump put it. He was like, he's actually released this time, guys. He's not just, like, he's not just going to be gone for a couple days. Um, But thoughts on how they handled the situation how the situation should have been handled all that good stuff about polanco i mean the whole thing came across as disrespectful to me it was uh to me once the news broke um last week which it never should have um you know that's something they need to investigate aside from this how how who leaked it that person needs to go because these waivers happen all the time and they don't come out to the news um, that should have never happened in the first place. But once it did, if it was even a twinkle in the back of Ben Charrington's head that he was going to end up DFAing him, they should have done it right then and there instead of making him go out there and play in front of fans that actively wanted him gone so that he could hear and, and go out like that. That's just not not the way I would have handled it. Um Hindsight's 2020. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that uh, everything that happened could have been expected. But to me, if you were going to turn around and do this like six days later, just do it then and spare him all that. Yeah, he could have like, I mean, it's just it has to be demoralizing, especially when you played your entire career in Pittsburgh. And realistically, as Pirates fans, we've watched the guy grow up as like from a kid to like a literal adult man. Like, I mean, we've seen the guy grow up in front of our face, um, make a pretty good amount of money doing so, because at one point he seemed like he was going to be a pretty like good baseball player in Pittsburgh. And it also comes off the heels of him saying he wanted to stay in Pittsburgh for his entire career. And when you go out there for like this past week and you hear, DFA'd while you're trying to bat. Of course, you're not going to bat well when you're already not batting well. But he had some good moments over the past week, too, which was pretty interesting. I mean, he, I believe he had a couple multi hit games. Like he was just still doing his thing, making it happen. But it also shed light on it. Uh, I shed light on it on Twitter yesterday that it's crazy now that not even half a decade ago, 
the Pirates outfield of the future was considered to be Andrew McCutcheon, Starling Marte, and Gregory Polanco. And now with this move, they are actually all gone. And I heard Joe Block say, because you mentioned his name already at the top of the uh, podcast, Cole Tucker is the third longest tenured Pirate on this roster now. Yep. That's insane. Well, it's insane, but it, it speaks to how long it took him to develop into a player that really still doesn't belong here. So, um, you know, it's kind of on him that it's taken him so long to get to this point. But Gregory, you know, I'll be honest, when he got purchased um, in the international draft years and years and years ago, I wasn't paying attention like this. I mean, you were probably in middle school, for God's sake. The guy, um, it would be like uh, how I am right now, paying attention to Shailen Polanco getting picked up at 16 years old and watching his career as closely as I am now. I I have to imagine I would have even a, a more appreciation for the fact that Gregory succeeded to any level. You have to take it as a win if you get somebody at 16 and they turn into a professional baseball player for that long. It's uh, it may not have turned out how we all hoped, but getting a guy to give you that much um, is a win. It really is. Yeah. And I mean, not only did you get a, a guy who played baseball for that long for you, but he was also a fan favorite. There was nothing doubting that, Gregory Polanco was one of those guys that was like kind of integral to the fans in Pittsburgh. And as you mentioned last week, he was just a really good clubhouse guy too. I mean, as you like uh, also mentioned last week, cause we literally just talked about this a week ago. Yeah. It's uh, kept it in the news cycle for like a yeah, month now. Yeah. And um, he was the first person to basically show Yossi Sutsugo everything around uh, the clubhouse. He was the first guy to introduce a lot of these new guys and I mean, I doubt that he gets picked up by anybody before the season ends. If it happens, I would be excited for him to see what he can do, but I do doubt that it happens. But, I mean, is there a possibility that it's he gets picked up by someone else before the season's end, or is it going to be more of a, like, signing in the offseason with somebody kind of deal? Oh, sure, it's possible. Yeah. I mean, now he's essentially about as close to a free player as you can get. So, um if somebody wants to go out and, and offer him, you know, the prorated league minimum for the rest of the season, yeah, you could see it happening. And, uh, I mean, there's already rumors out there that the Cardinals are interested, and boy, wouldn't that make some heads explode. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if they would have did that on, like, as soon as we uh, played Saturday, they just pick up Polanco as soon as we do that, and then he plays, like, plays yesterday that would have been insane like that would have just been like all right let's cap this entire thing off with them literally playing against us that would have just been nuts well yeah it's i don't know it's just the sad ending to an era and um i i think it could have been handled better but hey that's largely on him as much as it's on the team because uh he's definitely had a disappointing season and and he never really turned things around um, for any kind of a serious stretch. He didn't even have like a solid week that I can point to, you know, a good game here and there. And that was about it. Yeah. And then, I mean, another sad thing as we move forward uh, again, Gregory Polanco, phenomenal player. I'll miss him personally. Uh, but as we move forward, 
for some reason, I don't know what's the deal here, but the Pittsburgh Pirates cannot seem to hit Adam Wainwright to save their lives. <laughs> I, I think if you put a 10-foot pole in their hand, they wouldn't be able to hit him. And it's crazy because if you look at his stats against the Pirates this year, he's 4-0 with a .30 ERA. Well, they're That's- like that against a lot of uh, pitchers that don't throw high velo. Mm-hmm. This is a team that, you know, I, I guess we could easily say they don't thrive to hit anybody. They don't. But they definitely don't do well against guys that don't throw velocity. Um, Jay Happ's had a lot of success against the Pirates, and he's struggled against everyone else. Um, Adam Wainwright, Kyle Hendricks has done well against the Pirates up until this year, and he just really hasn't done well against anybody until recently. So, I, you know, it seems to me like when, when you have a guy that throws mostly off-speed stuff, the, the Pirates just in general don't catch up to it. Yeah, Maybe that's a hitting construction thing, but, you know, maybe it's the set of players. Seems like we've had enough changeover that set of players I almost have to roll out. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like rolling sushi at this point with the amount of rollover the Pirates have had player-wise. And, I mean, I guess they saved all their runs for that crazy mess of a first game. I, I'd call it a mess, but it was just, I mean, I didn't know what other way to describe it. I mean, they were down 7-1. to one. They became the first team in baseball this year to score eight runs in a, in one inning with no outs. And like, then it starts raining. I'm like, yep. what, what's going to be next? Is a pierogi going to fly in from a parachute onto the field and start pitching in the ninth <laughs> inning? Like that game was insane. And like, you look at this series as well. And I mean, outside of that first game, I mean, they've just kind of fallen back down to earth a little bit, but You'll take, I believe, they've won five of their last nine games, if I'm not mistaken, at yeah. the time of recording. So I'll take that for the rest of the year. If they can manage to do that for like a consecutive amount of time, which I don't think they will, but there's a possibility that they do. I mean, I would take that. And looking forward, I always keep saying I'm looking for basically just anybody to show me something really good outside of the obvious guys. And now with September coming in, who are some guys that you want to see come up in September, like specifically? I mean, should we stick to who's currently on the roster? I think, like, I'm hoping, first of all, Michael Chavis isn't hurt badly. Yeah. Really like to see him uh, get to continue doing what he's doing. And it, my big concern with him is his on-base percentage because it's only points above his uh, average in general, which um, is very Kevin Newman-like, actually. Um, I'd, re- I'd really like to see him work on drawing a few more walks, take advantage of his speed, especially if he's going to be batting near the top of the lineup. Um, he's a guy that I, I think they they should learn about as much as they can this, this season. If not, you know, we're going to go into spring wondering if he's part of the equation or not. Um, I'm not sure if I should care about Susugo or not. Again, he's a free agent after this year. I don't know if they have some kind of a handshake and smile behind the scenes with him. That if they give him a certain amount of bats, he gets to stick around or they, they might re-sign him. I don't know. Seems like to me, if he's not a DH and the NL, ML doesn't have a DH, um, I don't know if you can find a spot for him. 
They're playing him in right field again today. That was a disaster last time they did it. Um, I don't, and I don't really like him at first base either. So, and his other position's third. He's not going to play over Hayes. So, to me, it's kind of like if he doesn't DH, what's the point? I'm not sure I care about him too much either. Yeah. Look, and I mean, realistically, that's what I'm looking for is I, it's, you're just looking for guys, as you always mentioned, like the individual performances, you're just looking for guys that are going to show you something heading into next year and get you talking about it in spring training. That's really what it's like, like coming down to here in this last month, especially with a lot of eyes now moving towards other sports as well, but especially in Pittsburgh, but from what I'm getting on what I'll be watching pretty much for the pirates for the rest of the year is okay. You know, that Hayes and Reynolds are going to be there. Like that's kind of a given, but who's joining them at this point. It's almost like, okay, maybe make a sinister six since Spider-Man is in the news right now because the new trailer came out, try to do that. Or like, don't do six. Cause that means you have to find four guys on this roster, which would just be pulling teeth for Ben Charrington to try to find four guys saying, I'm going to make you part of the future on this specific roster. Today's episode of Locked on Pirates is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar has so many delicious flavors and there's something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. Coconut, cherry, barka, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. Cookies and cream will and always have been my favorite flavor. If you haven't tried all these flavors, though, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180 calories, only four to five grams of sugar and net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. And Built Bar was also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Go to BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 50 15% off of your next order when you invest in the best protein bars on the market. Today's episode of Locked on Pirates is, of course, brought to you by betonline.ag. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. And when you use promo code locked on, you will get 100% Welcome bonus for using that promo code locked on bet online, your online sports book experts. Um, but one well, thing I wanted to bring up too, uh, as we talk about it is like not only major league wise, but minor league wise. And I figured you want to talk about it is that Quinn Priester game that happened this past week. Good. Nine strikeouts. Was he insane? Start, yeah. Like, and I hope that not only does he do that just now, but I hope he can like, tap into that mentality a lot because I mean 
there's I don't know how like he's doing overall in a season. I've only watched him a handful of times on the mound for the uh, gra- uh, grasshoppers, but I did watch that game and I was like, is he going to like just get 27 strikeouts jokingly? <laughs> and then, I mean, it was funny because the announcer said, oh, now he gives up a crown ball to third base for an out. And then literally the next at bat, the next batter comes up, he gets his 10th strikeout in 11 batters. And I'm like, I just want to know your thoughts on like how that came across for Quinn Priester. Well, first of all, I think a lot of people don't really understand how development works. And <laughs> uh, Quinn Priester has five pitches, uh, maybe six. You could almost say six. He's self-developed. He taught himself everything himself. When the Pirates acquired him, they knew he had this arsenal, but they also weren't confident in in every single one of those pitches, right? So to begin this season, they were having him limit, you know, the types of pitches he threw. They only wanted him to throw two or three different types and start learning how to get those into the zone. and as he's continued, they've let him add another pitch in every couple weeks. And he's finally to the point where he's up to like four or five just about every start now. And I think you started to see the dividends. There's guys at that level that have never seen a pitcher with, with four or five different pitches. That's just fact. And it um, mystified that lineup like you wouldn't believe. On top of that, the, the kid can hit high nineties and he and he can place it. That's he's a rare talent. He really is. He's gonna be a good pitcher. It's just a matter of, you know, how long it takes him to get here and how high his ceiling actually is. Yeah, and um also too, like some other things that you might be looking for uh forward to in the minor leagues, because obviously it's a lot different from past years where obviously September call-ups has changed now where you only get the two extra roster spots and the minor league season's not ending as a, like as early as it usually does. So, I mean, there's really a lot to watch from what I would assume minor league wise, even through the month of September, because I believe all their games end right around when the pirates do, if I'm not mistaken, I know it's the 14th, the 14th of September. Okay. So is that when the grasshoppers end? Or is that when everybody ends? That's when everybody ends. Oh, okay. I don't know why I thought I saw the schedule for the Indians end on, like, October 4th. There could be playoffs. Um, Okay. But I think, uh, for the most part, the Pirates are just going to call up a couple pitchers. So I'm not really really, um, all that concerned about the September call-ups there because I think they'll they'll probably pull Shea Spitzbarth back up and – I wouldn't be shocked if it times up perfectly with Dylan Peters coming back off the IL and they just uh, leave that go. So I don't see them pulling too much of anybody else. There's really nobody else I want to see in AAA right now. So, and what would be the point of O'Neill Cruz? He hasn't even really gotten to the point where he's graduated from AA yet. Um, Maybe Rodolfo Castro. They might want to get another infielder in there, especially if Chavis is injured. Um, but for the most part, no, it's winding down now. It's 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 work time, and um, you know, a little sad to see Henry Davis get injured already, the oblique. But um, I think his season's probably over. 
Yeah, and he was impressing very much so in Greensboro, too. It was really nice to see him just come in and make an immediate impact. And, I mean, you've seen that actually apparently across a lot of these uh, top picks, like Jordan Lawler is already done with the Arizona Diamondbacks. I was talking to uh, Miller Thomas of Locked on Diamondbacks and brought up his name, and he said, oh, yeah, at the time of recording the podcast, he literally was injured like 30 minutes before that. So that's always just unfortunate to see, but it's also – Henry Davis, I mean, you're going to get him for an entire year next year as well, obviously, because you just drafted the guy. And I wanted to get your thoughts on this, too, because it's something I talked about with him is and I think you've mentioned this before is he asked me, like, is the number one pick like having it overrated in a way? Like if teams are just looking to get it like the tank kind of deal, the tank mentality and my logic to really say it was, I mean, the Diamondbacks, the Orioles, the Pirates, and the Rangers, based on draft classes just alone, are going to all get a good player at four. It's just mainly with the bonus pool with that top pick that usually gives team an advantage. But I mean, it's really about the bonus money. It's very rare that you have a Bryce Harper or Steven Strasburg or Ken Griffey Jr. And I've heard some people saying that Elijah Green is that. If that's the case, it's kind of odd to me that he's already been. Um, demoted to number two by a few services so yeah um, you know there's there's really good strong talent in this draft you get a top five pick you're going to get a good pull you're going to get a good player it's going to be all right plus honestly I think the Pirates could lose the last what 40 games of this season and possibly still not catch the Orioles so you know Tanking is just not a thing. It really isn't. And uh, the only argument you could make is that the team was set up to fail in the first place. Um, and I just, I don't believe that. They've, they've tried way too many things to cripple through this season to think that they're just straight up not trying. You know, they'd have had Cole Tucker up here stinking out loud for the entire season if they, if they really didn't want to try, you know? Yeah, and it's it's crazy, too, that, and this is going to be a little, like, wild thing for me, is this is the first time I, and I mean, it's not the first time, but this is the first time I'm covering an entire Pirates season, like, as, like, every day. Like, I'm looking at things every day. I'm actually learning a lot of things about baseball, about how tendencies work, about how a lot of different things work, and going into September, and yeah. Why would the team go out there and just be like, oh, yeah, let's try to lose? Like, nobody does that. No, it's just not a thing. Like, no, but like, I could see, like, okay, you have five games left. Say you're like two games behind the Orioles for the number one pick. You could maybe see them go, oh, hey, hey, Brian, uh, your back hurts today, doesn't it? You know, or, um, hey, uh, we'd really like to see Suzuko try to play. Um, Second base. Yeah. yeah. Like I, the things like that. Okay. Yeah. I, I might be able to get on board that they're, they're tanking, but it's not a season long thing. And once you get to this stage, you pretty much know where you are. They're going to finish in the, the bottom four or five. And, and it is what it is. I mean, then that mix is that mix and, and that's all there is to it. You know, they'll yeah, get a good pick. It's funny that you bring that up, too, because uh, you brought up like the end of the season thing and this past basketball season. You know, I'm a Clippers fan. People uh, people (laughs) in basketball, ironically, blamed the Clippers for tanking the last two games to avoid the Lakers because they benched everyone 
Yeah. And everybody thought it was the funniest thing in the world because they didn't even end up having to play him anyway, and they wouldn't have had to. Right. But I again, for me, is I just don't see the discrepancy between, like you said, there's probably not a Bryce Harper level talent here in this draft. Like, obviously, I mean, we saw like at this time in 2020, Kumar Rocker was the consensus number one overall pick and he got drafted at 10. So it's so far away that it doesn't really matter anyway. But I mean, again, going into 2022, and I know it's difficult, but how is there is expectations in, that we at least improve the win total next year? Like, is that like, I'm not saying like com- be like competitive or anything like near 500, but up well, the win total a little bit. I've been doing your show for what, six months now, something like that. Feels like I, it anyway. Yeah. So I'm sure I've said this before. I see 2022 as more fun. And more fun to me is we're going to actually start to see some of these guys come up. And uh, the guys right now that are two steps away in AA, well, they're going to be one step away next year. When when Kevin Newman stinks um, for three months out of the season, instead of looking down at AAA and going, oh, well, there really isn't anything, we're going to look down and go, oh, hey, there, there's G1 Bay, there's um, Marcano, there you know you're going to be able to start actually looking at guys um when travis swaggerty comes up and maybe doesn't look like a number one pick you're going to be able to look down and go hey what about kanan smith and jigba what about cal mitchell what about um matthew frazier what about point is you're going to be able to look down and legitimately wonder can we call these guys up and they're going to be on the 40 too so it's, it's going to be very plausible to pull them up. And the guys they have now have options. Whereas what we've been dealing with is a bunch of guys that are locked in and you have to DFA them to put them down. And now you've got guys that you can option down. You can send Kevin Newman to the minor leagues if you feel like it. And you can bring somebody up. It's something that we haven't really gotten to feel yet. Next year, we're going to really get to start seeing that. And I say post-All-Star break. You're going to see a lot of that. I think it's going to start looking a lot more like the vision that Ben Charrington has, and it's going to become more apparent. And this is just the first wave. This isn't even the wave that we thought was going to make a big difference. I mean, yeah, and I'm as excited as you are uh, trying to share my excitement as well. I mean, I know we still have a month left in this season, but it's hard not to look towards next season when you have 83 losses at this point. Um, And I mean, Looking at baseball for the rest of the year, too, there's a ton of stuff outside of the Pirates to watch. So there won't be any shortage of fun things to watch in Pittsburgh and outside of Pittsburgh. But, Gary, you had an announcement. An announcement came out uh, this past weekend from the outlet that you worked for, DK Pittsburgh Sports. So if you wanted to share a little bit about what's going on there, you can go ahead and do that if you would like to. Yeah, so – I've been uh, doing a podcast for DK Pittsburgh sports for about six months now, Uh, just about as long as I've been doing your show, to be honest. Um, And the show has been picked up and brought into a lineup. That's basically a who's who of Pittsburgh podcasters around the four, one, two yins, hers Steelers nation. um, Plus a a bunch of brand new shows, Ramon Foster show yeah, we're pretty excited about the lineup we're offering, and we're hoping to create a good alternative for local radio. 
Oh yeah. And I mean, I, I will say as well, I listened to a good number of those podcasts. Like uh, obviously if you guys know, uh, DK Pittsburgh sports is day on co I can never pronounce his last <laughs> Kovacevic. Name. Yeah. So I'll, I'm not even going to butcher it on the air here. Um, but I listen to his daily shots every day. I listen to your fan forum, uh, the Yinsers podcast. I listened to before this move, um, the Ramon Foster show, Taylor Haas, her, um, hockey show that she does. I listen to that as well. Cause I am the worst when it comes to hockey. I'll go ahead and be honest, Locked On Pirates fans. Listen to Hunter Hodes of Locked On Penguins because I am not going to be able to tell you anything about the Penguins. As much as I know, as soon as Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and Chris Letang are not on the team anymore, the only two guys I'll probably really know are, uh, oh, God, um, Jake Gensel, and probably that's probably it. So, And my mom is like the biggest hockey fan on the planet. So if you have other outlets like Locked On Penguins, there you go for hockey. And then, of course, football starts up. Check out Christopher Carter over at Locked On Steelers. I believe he's also in the DK Pittsburgh Sports Umbrella as well. He is. He's got a podcast on this network as well. Yep, he's really awesome. Gary, outside of that, where else can we find some of your work as well, specifically on the Pirates? Yeah, everything I write uh, is at InsideTheBucksBasement.com, and there's a fresh new one up about Gregory Polanco where I elaborate on what Ethan and I just talked about. Oh, yeah. And a lot of the things that me and Gary talk about, he writes about. So if you ever want to, like, hear us talk about it and read his story at the same time, just go for it. It's awesome. But, guys, you can also follow me on Twitter today at Locked on Pirates. You always know that. I'm always tweeting about something when it comes to the Pirates. I just didn't tweet last night because there was nothing to tweet about in the 13. <laughs> That's for loss. sure. And. You can also follow me on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan, where I post about my own personal blog that I'm trying to get up and running again called ESS Sports Talk. I also talk about the Pirates there as well. Um, Also, before we end off, the Homestead Grays jerseys were awesome, and they need to make them available outside of the team store. They need to make them available online. I will say that because those jerseys were absolutely phenomenal. Um, I just wish that they would have picked up the W that day as well. But, Gary, thank you so much as always. Guys, I will see you again tomorrow. We have one more day left in August before we get to September, which is kind of nuts because this year has just flown by. But, guys, with that said, thank you so much, and I will see you on the flip side.